Well, actually, what would start is the this, the music would play probably. I think that's what they're called. A podcast about music soundtracks we enjoy. This is Mike Betcher. My name is uh, Sean Betcher. We are we are brothers. brothers. We that's... we toyed with the idea of calling this uh, the Soundtrack Bros. We felt like that already exists. You got the Property Brothers. Who else? There's so many other bros out there. The Krat Brothers from PBS. I know that because of my son. What else is out there, Mikey, that are bros? The, the Frozen. The sisters from Frozen are bros. <laughs> They're the ultimate bros. Uh, Elsa and Anna get just wasted. They're Frozen fraternity, broing it up. And then when they're done, uh, they break into a sorority and put... Uh, cameras all over the place so that they can see some hot hot bush so the podcast like we mentioned is going to be about uh unique or underappreciated movie soundtracks scores um songs within movies bands within movies fake bands within movies things that we enjoy things that we've been watching since we were children um most of this we do own on vinyl uh, so we have it in multiple format, formats, uh, in terms of our, our enjoyment. And, um, yeah, we just feel like we want to bring it to you, bring that enjoyment. We know that the eighties, everybody talks about the eighties or the nineties and nostalgia, all these things. And yet, uh, Mikey and I find that sometimes when we talk about certain albums or certain movies, some people are like, I've never heard of that. So, um, that's sort of what, how that happens. And a lot of times it's not always just the, uh, the movies that we're bringing up, as is the case with this week's uh, uh, episode. Soundtracks. Yeah, but it's about the soundtrack. Who's on the soundtrack? Did you know that there is a soundtrack? Uh, so we hope to uh, imbue, impart you with a little bit of knowledge um, that you can use when you're talking to your friends, even though your friends could probably Google it in two seconds. Yeah, and a lot of the initial podcasts and discussions are probably going to be movies from the 80s because that's when we grew up. So that's just what we like. And eventually we'll probably expand out. But as soon as we're, (laughs) as soon as after we've done Cocoon, then we'll probably go into like the 90s or 70s or who knows. I don't know. Maybe we'll go into our own father's record collection who also has a bunch of. 70s and 60s soundtracks that uh, no one has heard of or cares about anymore. Also Cocoon too. <laughs> I mean, we're not going to... You are correct. We aren't going to uh, chintz out and gel me do Cocoon. We will do the sequel where I can't remember what happens, but uh, somehow Cocoons are involved. Uh, we should probably, since it's the first one, just talk a little bit more about the origin story, the true origin story on how this started off. So a few years ago or so, um, Sean lives in Chicago and I have moved up to Madison, Wisconsin, where my wife's from. 
and um, it drew us a little closer to be able to have some trips back and forth. But I think even before then, just coming back for holidays or vice versa, when we'd see each other a few times a year, um, one of us, and I don't know who did it first, just uh, stopped by a record store and happened to start looking in the movie soundtrack sections and just started picking a, a random record from a movie soundtrack and just bringing it for the trip and usually listening it to it through the whole trip. I don't remember which the first one was, but I know we've had Crocodile Dundee has been one, which doesn't have a lot of music, music, more of a score, but definitely <laughs> well, an awesome score. More of a, more of a, di- just a lot of didgeridoo. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of bass <laughs> and a lot of Carl, Carl Withers. Um, <laughs> All put together. <laughs> that's, that's, I think that was a different guy. Oh, it was. Yeah, no, so, no, that's him. I, or at least he's in one. He's in the first one. Maybe not the second or third. Or either something. way, it's perfect. And, and do you remember at the end of that movie, Crocodile Dundee actually walks on top of people's heads? He does. And so that was the thing. That was the third, the second part of our new tradition is that after we were done listening to whatever record we had been listening to. We go into a large crowd in a subway and walk on their heads, singing whatever yeah. songs we have just been um, listening to over the course of, of the uh, the soundtrack. But well, yeah, not, whole, not every time we try to incorporate something from the new movie too. That's true. So like last time we listened to Warriors. So as we walk through, we stab people with knives. I yeah, just it's uh, it's kind of a smorgasbord. In terms of, we, uh, of the tradition, we, we also wore vests, but we also always wear vests, like leather vests. Just so vests. that wasn't really to the movie. Was that was just for normal life. A lot of times, they just wake. What's so nice about kind of what what I think I refer to, Mike? I don't know how you talk to your your friends about it. I just it's, I call it the vest lifestyle. And when you wake up, hey, you know, let's go on uh, out for a walk with the family. Oh, open it up here. I, it's right there. Time for a business meeting. Oh, vest. I put on my vest, my, my leather uh, warrior's vest. Oh, I need to go rake the leaves out in the backyard. Leather vest. Uh, any of those uh, completely versatile, totally appropriate in all scenarios. Um, and uh, I don't know, you, just, and you feel good. There's a lot of confidence in wearing a warrior style vest. I just uh, wear um, one all the time. And it's just a matter of if it's winter uh, since moving back to the Midwest, if it's winter, I've got long underwear under the vest. Mm. And if it's like summer, I've got nothing under the vest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just, <laughs> see, I, and by the way that I incorporate life by so I just am totally constant. And maybe it's because I'm now used, so used to Midwestern weather, just always bare chest vest. You know, that's just how it works. That's how it is. I'm I, really curious if I showed up to that gang with long underwear on under the vest if they would let me in the gang or how that would go um i don't know i mean are you, are you talking about the warriors or are you thinking what would happen if you if you did that and you uh confronted los locos from uh <laughs> from short circuit two the oh, warrior no. or I both because ta- I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now los locos would kick your balls then they'd kick your face then they'd kick right, your you're ass getting into too many different <laughs> movies that we need to talk about later. That's right. And it's like and I'm just trying many, to I'm trying to throw our listeners too many little, teases. It's too many row. teases, and that, the whole off. point of all of this is just to let you know we are doing none of those movies. We're really going to start 
with the soundtrack that Mikey is talking about here uh, that we did uh, pick up circuit. one time in, in, uh, in Madison. It's called Short Circuit. No, and it is called... Uh, Hold on. Well, well, I want to get to that in a second, but I just want to close out the origin thing. Is there anything else to oh. add on that? Like any other thing to close out on that? I would just say the best time that we ever did was really for the soundtrack that we're going to do right now. Oh, okay. We um, went to a somewhat nicer restaurant there in Madison, Wisconsin, where they played records. They were trying to be cool. It was older people. Everything that was being played was either Bruce Springsteen or like Tom Petty. And so we brought this particular album in uh, and made them play it. And it was just very funny for us to watch it start to get played and people just sort of look at each other like, what in the hell is this? And so that soundtrack uh, really was, and here's the big reveal. Revenge of the Coming to America. Coming to America. <laughs> Revenge of Sword <laughs> No, it's Revenge of the Nerds. Revenge of the Nerds. So everybody knows the new movie. Not everybody knows the soundtrack, and that's what we're going to be reviewing today. But first... Before we get into the soundtrack, we're going to go over some, uh, some trivia about the movie in case you haven't seen it in a while or haven't been familiar with the movie. All right, so Revenge of the Nerds, um, year. Mikey, you know what year it was actually uh, released in? 1985? 84, two years Ooh. after you were born, four years after I was born. I was only um, two, so I didn't know. But then I, when I was three, then you start to remember things. And that was obviously one of the first movies I ever saw. <laughs> but you were two years old. <laughs> met me, I was four. And our father sat you down and said, you need to watch this, this especially the yeah. part where he's Darth, Darth Vader. Vader. <laughs> and he has sex. Okay. He basically rapes us. That is bad. Let's not start there. That's not a good start. That's a great start. That is a great place to start on this podcast. But anyway, the director uh, was uh, Jeff Canoe. I'm not overtly familiar with him. Uh, Never heard of him. Did he do all the Revenge of the Nerds? He did not really any of the other Revenge of the Nerds. He edited the movie Ordinary People. If you know Ordinary People... Yeah, we were watching that the other day uh, on like Pluto. Have you have Pluto? It's like a new free app that has television. So, but it kind of displays television the way that your television cable used to display itself. And I was watching that with uh, my wife, and I said, "Hey, uh, have you seen Ordinary People?" And she goes, "Yeah, I think that's the first thing you made me watch ever, like going out with you." So obviously, there's something. It's kind of a boring date, though. (laughs) Yeah, I guess, (laughs) or depressing date, but maybe not. I don't know. Yeah. I like Donald Sutherland just being a dad crying. Um, but Why are all the nerds in this movie like pretty like good looking though? I mean, these are some good looking nerds, and even Ro- uh, Robert Carradine, right? Is that his name? Yeah, that's who. Yeah, is it? yeah I think he's great in it. He plays Lewis. We everybody knows the hunka hunka burning ER. Has he come back into the picture at all, Robert Carradine? Um, I think he's just kind of been in random things, but I don't know that he's been he in a have lot like of things. Some Netflix special by now or something. Yeah, that I mean, he should, but he, he does not. I don't know that he does. I guess we could always click on it and know the next thing. The, I mean, the they one, all did pretty good. The one other piece that I was going to talk about that I thought was interesting this canoe, this director, he also uh, directed two of, I, if you recall, two of our favorites. So these are ones we don't have the soundtrack for, but he directed Gotcha. You remember Gotcha? Oh, yeah. I was going to bring that down. 
Yeah. Uh, I was going to get it for when you guys came up just the other weekend. Well, that, that might be in a future uh, uh, piece, yeah. But that, that, that was in there. Let's not mark that one down. For and sure. that makes sense because Anthony Edwards was in that. That was a whole thing. As kids, as kids, we made an entire game in our backyard that was just called Gotcha based off that movie. So awesome. that was great. Also, Tough Guys, if you remember Tough Guys, where Kirk Douglas and Burt Lancaster are kind of ex-criminals and they come back in the 80s. They were like train robbers. <laughs> Do you remember this one? No, I don't remember that uh, one. I, I mean, it's like on the tip of my tongue of my memory, but and they, just not... Yeah, and they kind of like come back, and then they're like trying to like be cool again, but they because they got out of jail. I don't know. It's I basically forgot, like uh, it's almost like it would be like if okay in Shawshank Redemption when Brooks gets out and it's really sad. It's like if Brooks instead of like committing suicide because of the drudgery of life and that he can't now reintroduce himself to the world. Um, started to like work out at 80s gyms. <laughs> that's tough, guys. <laughs> that's that's the way tough. I guess I have goes. to see that too. Put it down. Yep. Gotta rep- mark that one. Put so, mark that in. So that was two. I don't know his. if it's got good tunes in the movie or not, but uh, if they if they eventually ended up in an 80s gym, then I'm gonna guess there's a that, couple that there's a couple of good ones on. It could at least down maybe down. be song of the week or something. Got it. So Revenge of the Nerds again, another sort of classic. Um, you know, they're, they're obviously building a fraternity in the movie. It's all about that fraternity, college, frat life. Um, Do you want kind me to read the summary the... straight from IMDb? No, not, not no. yet, because I have, I have another trivia question for you before you read it on there. So, yeah. um, again, I think a descendant somewhat of Animal House, right, in the way that it was written, in the way that they, what, what they were trying to put together here. Um, but maybe it was a little more emotional i would say to some extent like not as pure comedy right especially when you're talking about the ending but do you have any idea where all of those scenes were filmed what they were at a university filming those do you know what university it was Ooh, man i like that one. Oh man i think i feel like i could figure this out but maybe we don't have enough time for me to think about it let me just take a stab oh geez uh, think about it it's when Southwest, it's kind of dusty in the movie, if you think about that. University of Arizona? University of Arizona, that is Is it correct. because they, they, they have a film studio there from all the Westerns? I don't know if that helped get the filming there because, you know, there was some equipment nearby or something, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and resources. That may not be true. In my research, I don't know, but let's just go with that as the, okay. uh, the reality. Uh, so basically, they filmed at University of Arizona because there's a film school there and stuff had burned down for whatever you just said. That is the, okay. now the thing. Let's put that on Wikipedia as well. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's kind of the, the main parts of the, of the overall uh, university. There, uh, excuse me, the, the movie. The, um, the one thing that I will say, and this is, so we're going to go through the soundtrack, but this is a little bit more about the, the songs that were in the movie uh, that weren't on the soundtrack. Um, I can think of at least one off the top of my head, and now I mean I have the list in front of me. But can you name Mikey a movie like one of the songs? Now knowing what's on the soundtrack that was in the movie, because there's some pretty big scenes that have some very famous songs in them. They're not on this soundtrack. But can you think of one or two that you I don't remember? Think, I don't know if it's on the soundtrack, but when Takashi wins the race and drinking all the beer. <laughs> The, the celebration song. I that's not on the soundtrack, is it? Uh, I don't know. Is it? 
that, that is a, I don't think it is. It's a great song. We're gonna have right, to we're gonna have to find it, it somewhere. If but that's not it's some biggies, right? So what how about here? I'll give you a hint. How about when they're getting ready to throw their party, their first party with the Lambda 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 overall president? What song do they kind of show? They show Albert Einstein's face and then they put on a song. Oh my god. I thought this was on the soundtrack. No. Oh. It's not all night party. No, oh, that is that is that's later on when they're actually at the like before it gets crazy. All night party is remember. when it's like actually Thriller by Michael Jackson. Really, I didn't know in the movie, not on the soundtrack. Burning down oh. the house by the Talking Heads. Right, which part is that? That's probably what I was going to say. Yeah, I think I that I think for... they're listening to that at the Alpha. Uh, Alpha I Beta for the party, yeah. yeah. For the, and then, okay, what is the after um, uh, Anthony Edwards gives a speech at the end of the movie? Do you remember what song they play? Anthony Edwards. Oh, geez, no, that's a famous song. I thought it was just a background song. Yeah, it's "We Are the Champions" by Queen. Oh, right. Also, uh, so. Okay. Three yeah. very. Oh, man. I cannot believe I didn't get that. But I mean, it's, it's easy when I have it in front of me, but I'm just saying it's three very popular, what I say, very popular songs, not on the soundtrack. I wonder how many people went to go buy the soundtrack thinking they were getting burning down, they're getting talking pets, Michael Jackson and Queen, and they instead uh, got the Rabinos or Yaya. That's a pretty good combination, but I don't think once I listen to the soundtrack, the actual soundtrack, I wouldn't be upset. So that's probably what that happened. that is exactly right. It's it's a little bit of a bait and switch that they probably did with that one, um, but for sure, I think if we end up finding out that the Takashi Cel- celebration song isn't on the soundtrack, though, then I would have been very upset. Yeah, I mean, all four of the all four of those together not on the soundtrack, it would be like riots. Yeah. Then, then, then you're talking about some. They would burn. They would burn down Arizona State. They'd already burnt down the film uh, school at University of Arizona, or whatever you just made up a second ago. <laughs> yeah, there's some other characters we didn't mention just because the names are so great. Poindexter, Poindexter, Wormser, Andrew Cassessi, Booger, Curtis Armstrong, Lamar. You gotta love Lamar. I mean, who doesn't love Lamar? Harry B. Scott, Takashi. Brian Toki. What what else is Takashi? He was awesome. I don't know how he couldn't have been in. Wow. And then don't forget John Goodman was in this movie. Yeah. Cherish. One of the best actors of all time. So that's I mean You're just uh you're just getting it. And then of course, finally I think the final piece that we usually try to talk about is, or that people know of the Revenge of the Nerds, and you had alluded to this to the in the beginning, Mikey, is just the idea that Ultimately, there were multiple sequels that were not as good. You had Revenge of the Nerds 2, Nerds in Paradise. Take that back. It's just as good. Revenge of the Nerds 2, Nerds in Paradise. But then the next the next two were just straight to TV. So you had one theatrical release as a sequel and then two additional that were sort of straight to TV or TV-made movies. Uh, Revenge of the Nerds 3, The Next Generation. I don't even want to know what... <laughs> I don't even want to know what's on that soundtrack, <laughs> if there is a soundtrack. I mean, that's when you know we're really getting into this, if we start doing the made-for-TV movie soundtracks. 
you should probably just stop listening because it'll just be sort of like tones on a keyboard. Or start listening. Yeah. And then Revenge of the Nerds for Nerds in Love. <laughs> Revenge yeah. of the Nerds for Nerds in Love. And I don't think could... I'm gonna. I I don't think I'm gonna watch those. I don't <laughs> think I've seen the four, and I don't think. I mean, it's tempting, but I'm not gonna watch it. So, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Revenge of the Nerds two. I think you're. I don't want to steal your thunder, but you're probably saying it's better than <laughs> one because of the music. I'm thinking mm-hmm. of a song in there. Maybe you want to mention it later, so I don't have to spoil it right now. But um... we don't. Yeah. But I mean, you know, there's a there's a climactic song. Right, that's part of of, and it's on the soundtrack. But it's it's. I think the music is on there, right? It's the music on the soundtrack. I totally. I, I guess we'll remember um, when they're at the carnival doing their piece. They do a similar thing in Revenge of the Nerds too, as a rap song versus more of an electronica song in the first electronic style song, '80s electronic style song in the first. All right. Uh, well, maybe we just mention that when we go through the songs more and Perfect. talk about. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you want me to read the storyline, the formal thing it says? Sure. Okay. This is the storyline <laughs> right out of Anyone that is not familiar with Revenge of the Nerds listening to a Revenge of the Nerds soundtrack called Are You Ready for the Sex Girls? <laughs> Here is the plot. Okay. So this is straight off of IMDb, the formal storyline. When lovable nerds Gilbert and Lewis, <laughs> when I read that lovable, I just thought of Nerds 4 <laughs> because... It's like, of course. So really, the whole thing with Revenge of the Nerds 4 is it came full circle from the first sentence. It was all planned. It's like deeper than all these. Lord of the Rings is deeper than Star Wars. The nerd universe. Yeah, the nerd universe. The nerd. The the RN. How would they do it? They would do it as an acronym now. RT. Revenge O T N U. You think R- they're gonna release a R- five? O T N U. Rotuno. Rotuno. Do you think they're gonna release a five that's gonna be like completely epic and get all these oh, pirates my... and be like it? T- it closes everything <clears throat> out and it like screws with all of us. Like we had you the whole time. You didn't even know. You didn't even know. You thought we were completely lost in Revenge of the Nerds four. <laughs> Nerds in love. But then we brought it all back, and now you understand. While we defeated Thanos, Thanos, <laughs> Thanos is probably what's his name? Yeah. Ogre. Or Ogre, yeah. Ogre. Ogre. Oh, you you're exactly right. He didn't just die. Saying. He just turned. So he dusted away at the end of that. Uh, he uh, pretended Avengers to be their friend. Yep. He pretended to fall in love with the lovable nerd. Nerd, but he, he was really. Love. That he's trying and to then, exterminate half oh the All he wanted to do is turn them over upside down and say nerds at All them. he wanted to do was dress up as Darth Vader and go down to the <laughs> cheerleader without her knowing who it was. <laughs> With, okay. I'm uh, really going to read the storyline now. Ready? Okay. Storyline. When lovable nerds Gilbert and Lewis, the main characters, embark on their freshman year at Adams College, little do they realize the dangers that await them. They are beset by taunting from the jocks, of course, of Alpha Beta. Sorry, now, is that, of course, really like that? Or you're just, <laughs> is that your inside? I'm that's, adding it all. That's your inflection. Okay, go yeah, ahead. Which only worsens when the jocks accidentally burn down their house and toss the freshmen out of the freshman dorm. Dang. To make matters <laughs> more problem- problematic, Lewis develops a crush on pretty Betty Childs. 
I can't stop thinking about that scene. It's so bad. And so this is, it's a little more than a crush, IMDb. Pretty actually disgusting. Pretty much. Appropriate. It is straight up rape, but anyway, keep going. Popular sorority sister and quarterback's girlfriend. Joined by the aptly named Booger. (laughs) And the... Violin playing Poindexter, the nerds soon realize it Wait, how, wait, hold on. How pissed is Busfield right now reading that? Just going, that's what all I'm known for is that I had a violin? I mean, he has, there's so much more nuance to that character. You're like, right. when he just, like, when he gets a boner for the first time and he just starts going, ah! Is that like, that's like Coneheads or something. <laughs> no, I don't. It doesn't even make sense. Yeah, he really developed that character, so he's really getting a short stick here. Yeah, yeah. We can you can submit complaints to IMDb. Yeah, well, then right now, as in real time, put send, send it. Yep, there you go. Point Poindexter is deep, as deep as the Matrix, as yeah. deep as as deep as somebody who can scream like a conehead when they get a boner. The nerds soon realize they must form their own fraternity in self defense. Naturally, that's what you do. I went to self defense class, and rule number one was form a fraternity. <laughs> That's all Krav McGraw teaches. Soon the tables are turned as the nerds employ high-tech warfare against the jocks. Okay, high-tech. This is the 80s. How high-tech was the high-tech for a second? I mean, that robot was, uh, okay. could bring you... I forgot about that. That robot could bring you like a Coke on a tray. That's <laughs> right? true. Which, by the way, you could just do like with any like remote control thing because they were remote controlling it, so it wasn't really... Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Their computers, their computers bad. could make um, their computers could make graphics where you uh, made the girl next to you on a computer and then you danced like kind of jaggedly. Remember, he made this whole little. He made yeah. him a caricature of himself and the girl that he liked. Oh yeah, that's uh, neat. that's pretty neat. That's okay. I mean, if you could still do, I wish I could still do that on a computer. I feel like you can't even do that on a computer right now. Okay, so. and then they took cameras and put them in the girls sorority and watched them naked for three days straight and only ate cheerios yes so this is uh but i'm just saying that versus the darth vader thing oh got it that just both sound really good right now what do you mean (laughs) they're both horrible oh yeah like someday that's what i mean sorry my kids but i'm not gonna watch this stuff with them with that stuff in there i know i don't know there's something about yes now sometimes i just like smell Cheerios when somebody's eating them and all I want to do is rape people and, and be Darth Vader. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because our dad maybe it's because our dad had us watch Revenge of the Nerds when I was four and you were two. Other than that, okay. you nothing. Know, all, right. all right. Soon the tables are turned as the nerds employ high tech mm-hmm. warfare against the jocks, but can they really succeed and make a difference? The answer is yes, but don't want to ruin the movie, but yes they can. All right, so should we get into some music? Yeah, let's. Uh, anything that we want to say? Yeah, I know we we, we like uh, talking about the, the the movie, but really that's just to lay the foundation for uh, the glorious uh, masterpiece of a soundtrack we are about to uh, listen to bits and pieces of, and then comment on. Um, is there anything that we want to say, Mikey, about the soundtrack that you looked up? Is there anything that you have to say about the actual soundtrack? Um, I have like release dates and those pieces. The label uh, of the soundtrack is Volcano. I don't know, but old Volcano. Everyone <laughs> knows Volcano. 
Volcano <laughs> Records. Virgin Records, Volcano Records. Yeah. Same. Richard Branson, Ted Branson. Yeah, Volcano known for literally, I don't think that anything else. Uh, I, I try to click on something about like, okay, the label's Volcano. When you click on Volcano, it, it takes you to an entry about Volcanoes. So it's like, was this thing birthed? Did this thing get produced from a, vol- a physical volcano? Is this how this, which would make sense, right? It's that godly, it's that uh, otherworldly that maybe it just came out of a volcano. Maybe it's literally that hot. It's hot lava that turned into vinyl. And I don't think it was that. It. Unfortunately, I don't think it was really that hot. But that's. <laughs> I, don't, I, I have nothing about the. Uh, uh, like where it ended up on the billboard charts and because I don't think that existed. Yeah, uh, the only other thing at least existed for this album. I think it's just it's a contract that exists and people know what it is, but it did, probably did not chart. Um, and here, the, it, the genre that is listed for it is college rock, new wave, synth pop. And it was released uh, in 1984 as well, July 1984. So just right after the movie. I mean, what I remember about it is just a really great collection of songs that maybe didn't stick out in the movie as much. But when you listen to the soundtracks separate, they just sound so great. And then when you go back to watch the movie, it kind of all comes together. Mm -hmm. And I think also... You said though that there's like you already went through the move or the songs in the movie that weren't on the soundtrack. I mean, I knew there was a, a few songs in the movie that were pretty good, and then we're ultimately probably going to talk about the ending, kind of the ending song, which was, which just kind of uh, is why, yeah. And this is why is you listen to this part. soundtrack. So start us off if you can with the uh, the first song. It's called, um, and it's uh, one that I don't think anyone remembers from the movie or remembers in general. It's Manhattan by uh, Andrea and Hot Mink. Manhattan song I always think it must have been it's like the third tier of like that remake of I Want Candy I felt like that's what they were going for which I think was that's around popular. I couldn't put my finger on it when I hear that song but so it's a little bit like the Bow Wow Wow song the way it is but they got it and that would make sense and I didn't even think that because that was released around like 82 that remake and then this is so this is a couple years later so they found maybe they couldn't get Bow Wow Wow they get somebody that kind of sounds like it. It gives you an 80s vibe. Gets, it's poppy. It starts it off fun. And you're just like, Manhattan, Manhattan. What does this have to do with Revenge of the Nerds? Maybe Adams College is in Manhattan. I mean, <laughs> That's what it is. It's letting know. us know that <laughs> even though they're driving with uh, 
Oh, we didn't even mention with James Cromwell, right? With Jamie Cromwell from Babe, right? That's what everybody knows him from. And Six Feet Under is the dad. They're driving through the Southwest. They're really going to Manhattan. They're going out east. That's where they're really going, to Manhattan and Adams College. Andrea and Hot Mink, which is like a perfect name for a group. Yeah. The Hot Mink part, anyway. Yeah, the Hot Mink makes you think of, you know, going into a uh, carnival um, bouncy room dressed as Darth Vader <laughs> and looking at <laughs> some girl's hot mink. So it makes sense to start it off that way. Again, Revenge of the Nerds, all of these guys, whatever the director's name was, I forget now. This a is, mink sweater? Yeah, She's wearing a, a yep, mink sweater? It's all, it's all full circle things for them, right? There's a lot of callbacks. It's just, it's the whole, again, it's the whole Revenge of the Nerds universe, the RO. I think, I think you're right about R-O-T-N-U. being. R-O-T-N-U. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I think you're right about just being a good setup song, kind of, for the beginning of the movie. The traveling part, the moving part, it's got a little, it's a little peppy, like you said. So it's like things are happening, things are changing. What's going on? Oh, they're going to college. So good. It's, a, it, it's, it's, it's a good listen on its own. It's good part of the movie. And let's go on to the next one. Mm-hmm. Okay, the next one, uh, next song, Don't Talk, Yeah, Yeah. So there is literally one thing we've always agreed about when it comes to Don't Talk by Yeah, Yeah, and that it is... Don't talk about it. It is the worst song on this. Don't talk about it. Why is it on here? Again, you could say that that's like a really shitty 80s song. (laughs) It's just nothing. But no, yeah, you can say that Manhattan is a carbon copy of Bow Wow Wow or Third. No, that has a little original. But it's got a little original to it. This is just complete garbage. Yeah, this song's just nothing. You know what? You know what? Volcano, volcano, the album or volcano, a volcano that made this album. Volcano bit, somehow got bit more the, money. Put the Talking Heads song at number two. Then you got something. Now you're talking. Now you're really talking. Deal, and part of the deal was he got to put like three <laughs> shitty bands and songs on it from his label. <laughs> like, no, not even his label. That's literally volcano is in Yaya. That's him in the background, just like. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> All right, so let's no, go to the next really, one. There is good music on the soundtrack. We're going to get to it. We are, and it's really going to start right now. We're not even going to say the name of the song. Listen up.
got to put one foot in front of the other, put the other foot down, down, down. I mean, what is else there to say? One foot in front of the other, Bone Symphony. They really, you know, it's the third song, right? That's the, the power hitter slide on a soundtrack. And I can't believe that they knocked whole it song. out. They knocked it out of the Bone Symphony with that one. I can't believe that whole song was played by Bones. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> that was... So many noises. Yeah, <laughs> well, it's a symphony of bones. I it makes me want to. That like was I said not before. David Bowie, by the way. No, it was not. No. It was Bone Symphony. It makes you want to bone a symphony, uh, and it, it also sounds... just is uplifting. This sounds weird because we keep saying there's like knockoffs, but that song is a great song on this track. That's definitely one that hooks you in, makes you want to buy the thing, makes you want to watch the movie. I, I don't remember the exact scene in the movie when that's I, going on. So I can tell you right now, what are they doing? This is when they buy their house and they start cleaning up the house. They buy oh, the right. flat house. Oh my gosh. Said, it felt house renovation coming yeah. on. It was like <laughs> coming know, into my soul, but I didn't know what was going on. It's why you, I seriously, when we were listening to that, I just started I cleaning was. my house no, like, I was freaking drywalling all of a sudden. Actually, I take it back. I know in the beginning of this, we said we weren't property brothers. We're actually the fucking property. We brothers. are. Buy our, <laughs> buy our real estate <laughs> and all our fixtures. And, and you know what comes? Every house you fucking buy with us, the property bros, guess what you get? You get one free bone symphony and, oh, and a nerd soundtrack. Say, one foot in front of the other. Yeah, well, that would have been better. Okay. Um, so, what else? Anything else to add with that? I, no, just, great... I just think what I will say is when you're, when you're done with this podcast, whatever you do, just go put that song on and renovate a house. Do some cocaine. That's pretty much what they did. And then renovate a house. All right. So should we go to the next song? Let's do the next one. This one, uh, we will say it just so you know, uh, prior. It's a Breakdown by the Rubini. soundtrack that um that i always take i always get um amazed when i when i re-listen to some of these songs it is funky and when they call that song breakdown what they are breaking it down they are breaking it's, it down to the ground the it's literal that song is completely literal <laughs> just like we're gonna do this we're going to break it down uh and we're gonna um uh, we're gonna make it funky for the nerds, for all the nerds in the world that want to get funky, uh, do whatever it is that nerds do, rebuild houses. Uh, what else? We keep going back to the rape part, but let's talk about the other positive things that they've done. 
as nerd. What else? What were the positive things they did as nerds in that movie when they were getting funky? I mean, like, I mean, they they were you know they were being um, ambassadors, and uh, you know they didn't see color, right? They were really joining a black fraternity. Uh, so that that you know that that's noble uh, to some extent. Um, they uh, they befriended that one sorority that were pretty much that's right. Yeah, the body uh, they were body positive. I mean, these guys. Everyone will say that Revenge of the Nerds is a very misogynist movie. These guys were 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 woke. I think is the term that people use nowadays, right? They uh, yeah, they were. Hey, all shapes, all sizes, all colors. You're welcome at Lambda, Lambda, Lambda. So I think some of that's encompassed there in, in the breakdown. By the way, when you're listening to the Rubinos, what who do you think they are, that song? Like, who, like what, what are they? Like, who are they? Like, what band? Like, yeah, what, what is their, like, yeah, what's their, uh, what's, what's sort of like their um, genre? Who are they? Probably like punk or something. Yeah, a little bit of It looks like they're... They're from Berkeley. That not that the from. song, not that the song is specifically is punk, but it just seemed like it was not that it was forced, but that there was some other entity behind it, kind of. Before they so, were trying to do like funky-ish, yeah, type yeah. stuff. So yeah, you were you're right there. That is exactly what it is. It's like the other thing about that song was just the lyrics <laughs> that I noticed was how good the lyrics were, basically. So a lot of good writing, a lot of good dialogue on that one. What were, do you have any of them up that you can share? Oh, the lyrics? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when they say breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> it was, can you argue with that? <laughs> it was a driven song and my favorite part was the part where they just said the one word that's already in the name of the song and the one word in the chorus everybody loves the hook they broke it down Rubinos broke it down all right that's enough about the Rubinos let's take it to that to that next one and this is uh really the the titular song right it's the the namesake uh if you will of the movie well guess who it's by <laughs> the Rubinos Exactly. Well, least... so I don't know why you went away from the Rubinos. Let's break it down. <laughs> Should we listen to it? Let's listen to it. started doing like a little robot dance during that one and then kind of like moving my head back and forth while I was doing the robot dance. Yeah. And then I started working on my house again. <laughs> I, started, I started working on my house. The, the best part of my house now is that the basement is just has black lights and like kind of a bouncy floor. Uh, and then, yeah, I just, that's, that's how it, not for anything in particular. That's just what it looks like. <laughs> 
Um, you're pretty. Uh, you're pretty creepy. Yeah. <laughs> and so once just... again, lyrics rule this song. <laughs> so to me, this is a song, right? They were they they commissioned this to the Rubinos before they had the entire plot done because obviously yeah, it's not, not all there. Fair. But they just sort of went. We need the we need the song. the The name of the movie is going to be Revenge of the Nerds. The nerds are going to mm-hmm. get revenge. So we can't give you all the plot details, like, um, you know, they probably rape just had by Darth, Darth Vader rape. We can't let talk to you about. We can't tell you about the fact that they're going to watch nudie cams or ha- uh, have sex with the other nerd uh, larger girls. All of those pieces uh, we can't give you. But if we give you just the basics of the name, can you do something that makes it seem like you're giving us the plot of the movie in the song? And the Rubinos were like, yes, we can. Here it is. It's the song called Revenge of the Nerds. And then it's completely like a ubiquitous song, right? They're just like, you called us names, you called us nerds, and now we're gonna get our revenge. <laughs> the whole song, just, it, doesn't really, it doesn't relate back. But it can be used because it's, uh, it's uh, uh, you know, vague enough. Rubinos took a step back in the song compared to Breakdown, in my opinion. Lyrics, especially the hook, were still great. Revenge of the Nerds and the of Breakdown. <laughs> but, but that song is still kind of catchy. I think it's one of those, oh. like, you listen to it a few times. And like you said, I mean, I don't know. It's kitschy, but it still matches the movie to an extent. Yeah. Like you said, I don't think it was fair to the Rubinos because I don't think they got the full IMDb no. storyline we read. I think they got pieces and parts. Yep. And they had to put something together that on was kind of in between. They didn't the let. Fly. They probably didn't. They didn't let the Rubinos meet the cast and crew. They didn't let them see. They're the editing this thing up until July twentieth, <laughs> like July nineteenth, nineteen eighty four. Robito's the soundtrack's about to be released a day later. They're they just don't have the time. They said, "Get boys, get in the studio. We're still cutting this thing. We don't know what pieces we're going to use. We've got a, another some other pieces about um, selling pies. Uh, <laughs> they also sold the pies, pies. with nude photos. <laughs> photos that they illegally this is, took. This is bad. <laughs> This just gets worse and worse. New photos it. of the sorority girls yeah. from the recordings. Yeah. They sold pies to win the contest. But that, the, 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 Rubinos, the Rubinos did none of this. sob story. Yeah. They should be in jail. They should all be in jail. But the Rubinos got none of that. They just got, these are just kind of nerds. They're going to get their revenge. They probably got Nobody the told the Rubinos the revenge was literally like multiple felonies. They didn't even tell them the nerds were lovable. Yeah. They said nerds. There's nerds Gilbert. They probably didn't say nerds. Rubinos are actually all, to make it up for them, Rubinos are the entire soundtrack of number four. Nerds they probably didn't tell them they get kicked out of the dorm. They think yeah. they're still in the dorm. That's I mean, right. it's just all this stuff. So we have two things that we've noted that Poindexter got screwed. Poindexter uh, got screwed. And then so did the rest of the college. It <laughs> got screwed Rubinos. by the nerds. And the Rubinos got screwed, too. Yeah. Three. History screwing. The, <clears throat> entire, right, the, the entire Manhattan campus of Adams College. <laughs> in the desert. In the desert of Manhattan. Or in space. Whatever. Whatever the hell they want. Point Dexter. Beth Fields just on the... 
Busfield was on the set of 30 something, like in 89, right? Like four years later, just still pissed. He like All used right. that energy on 30 something. And then finally, yes, Robinos got made up uh, to them. It was made up to them around uh, Revenge of the Earth 4, where they. They got to know the entire plot of the made-for-TV movie *Revenge of the Nerds* for *Nerds in Love*, and then most the, the, the nerds don't even talk in *Revenge of the Nerds* for. It's just the Robinos saying the dialogue <laughs> to music over the top of *Revenge of the Nerds* for *Nerds in Love*. See, all, right, all come we... full circle. Yeah, nope. You know what? To keep it going, let's keep it going now. Yeah, um, we have to keep some pace. We do have to. So uh, let's listen to this next one. We'll give you the name afterwards. could do the whole thing it's his own netflix series booger on guitar (laughs) (laughs) you haven't seen that yet booger's on guitar lamar on the ones and twos so as we were talking earlier about revenge of the nerds 2 revenge of the nerds 1 that really was the song uh they're so incredible actually by the name of the band was revenge so again, it's just it's all it all comes together as Mikey talked about in the beginning of this podcast. It all comes together as you slowly go farther into this soundtrack. Everything just starts to make sense about this movie and just about life in general. But this was the song that they uh, and made uh, all together. Um, <clears throat> well, the background, the background yeah. of the song. They didn't say that in the movie, though. They made you think they orchestrated this song, I yeah. guess, right? Yeah, um, using their. Uh, cool electronics that they had. Yeah, so like uh, the Gilbert and um, Lewis were kind of Devo-ish looking guys with DJing. DJing. Or they um, created the electronic pieces of it with their. Let's see, what is the? What does it say in the? Uh, what did it say in the description about yeah. their high tech? Oh yeah, high tech warfare. Yeah, high tech warfare. <laughs> that's that's exactly their high tech warfare. Them with electronica-ish music. What you had um, you had Takashi dressed up, Takashi who is of Asian descent dressed up as an American Indian, being Which a is god. Fine. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> no, he's just a little bit of cool. There's just like a lot of appropriation going on there. But he was he does it. Um, then who you know the, there are a couple of the other random Revenge of the Nerd nerds who you don't really know are clapping with some of the um, gals Omega from Omega Moo. 
And um, who else? Who else? Oh, yeah. And then Poindexter is, again, just a violin guy, except with a mohawk. He still can't get rid of that violin. And he's got, got but he's just got a mohawk. And sort of, you know what else he has on? A goddamn warrior's vest. That's what he's got on. So he's part of the warrior's vest lifestyle as well in that, uh, we just, in that segment. We... Poindexter, he's just deep, like yeah. I said. He's got it he's all. A deep, he's a deep when guy. I was this song, then, even though this wasn't the part of the movie, I just remember the party scene where he also like busted a couple awesome moves. Yeah. So he's got great dance moves. He wears the vest. I mean, he's not just a violinist, God Yeah. So just, that's, that's, again, a big takeaway that we want. And then finally, as we were doing uh, coming out of the song there, Lamar wraps uh, raps a bunch in the breakdown uh, just about um, – uh, about life, and then Warmser comes out. They both have basically like Michael Jackson beat it vest, yeah. red and vest dance on, moves, and then moonwalk. dance. So little moonwalk, little break dancing. Uh, anyway, they're probably awesome. a tribute to Thriller being in the movie, but not on yeah, the soundtrack. but not on the soundtrack. And uh, yeah, it's a great breakdown. But as we're in that part, what what I think is great is just they tried to recreate that magic then in Revenge of the Nerds. Do you think too. that was the one thing that Michael Jackson always talked about of all his accomplishments? Uh, like, by the way, do you know? Do you know I got warm? I got Warmser and Lamar. Warmser and Lamar to do the to do the my, the the my moonwalk. Yeah, I think that was as he was on his deathbed. My MJ just goes. And remember that part of Revenge of the Nerds when he just were... said worms are like rosebud. Worms are everywhere. No one knew is that the secret passcode. No, it's the little nerdy kid who dances with Lamar dressed a little bit like Michael Jackson to the song They're So Incredible. By that song's band. obviously near the end of the movie. It's probably the best song of the soundtrack or the movie, besides Takashi's celebration song yeah. in my eyes. That's just my opinion. Well, oh, I mean, I, I can't I can't deny that, that this is a great one. And when you hear it, because it is if you've watched that scene, it's a climactic scene. It's when they really um I would say it's the one part of the movie where they're not doing anything illegal to win. They're finally yeah. like their revenge is actually artistic and cool and yeah. Using all their talents and creating, even though they're ripping off a song by (laughs) by a different band and pretending like they're yeah by revenge. (laughs) No, it doesn't matter. None of the kids in Manhattan Adams College knew it. They didn't know that yet. It was too advanced. It's too advanced. So they win a little bit. So I guess at the end of the day, it was also that was also really a a a crime because it was copyrighted. So, but this song's (laughs) so good, it just makes you forget of all the horrible things they did in the rest of the movie yeah. and actually like cheer on the nerds and want yeah. them to to, to win um, the jocks and the adversity and blah 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 <laughs> and they're what do they have some kind of like lame it's like a lame sketch with like cross dressing i can't yeah and they were they, yeah I they dress remember. up as the jocks the cheerleaders yeah they, yeah they, they switch roles and dress up as football and it's just not I, good it reminds me of like when People in high school used to do like powder puff football or something like that, and you think it's cool. It's not cool to rip. They're so incredible and uh, dress up like Michael Jackson and dance with a little white kid. That's that's when you that's when you're really creative. Okay, so next song. So yeah, let's do the do the next one. Are you ready? And again, this one's by Yaya. So back to Yaya. If you recall, song number two.
So the second one of the Yaya's, I would say I like a little better because I do remember it in the movie. And it is interesting how they, um, none of, while the, the songs in, aren't in like sequential order of how they occur within the movie, I think this one was done when they were just sort of in the other frat house and the, the Betty character is kind of like dancing and shaking her shoulders to the football guy being like, are you ready? Let's go upstairs and have consensual sex, but you're supposed to not <laughs> like that part versus, versus the nerd part. But I that's, guess, that's what I, I don't know. We're kind of making some assumptions that she doesn't have something, you know, a fetish kind of thing with Darth Vader. Yeah, like it didn't actually, it doesn't actually matter who it is. Exactly. Like she was actually hoping it would just be James Earl Jones. Probably. Yeah. I, don't I mean, well, mind. let's be, I mean, I, anything I, the tongue touches <laughs> is my kingdom. Any hot mink my tongue touches is my Manhattan. <laughs> that I would say, actually, you said you kind of liked it. I love this song. Do you? All right. So you, yeah. you just completely flip from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Track right. one. So by track I was initially seven, thinking, you know, I was going to be like, don't talk. Are you ready to not talk about this? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then, as I got into the song, I realized they properly tone back the, some of the harshness the and cliche yeah, of the talk song. Yeah, it, it was just at the right level on mm. this one. And I think like it, that, I think there is something. Solo at the beginning, at first, I was like, "Oh no!" Just because I knew they have a "Don't Talk," but yeah. then when I actually listened to the solo, it was really nice. And yeah. then. Really... Are you ready? Uh, kind of chorus is pretty mellow, but also um, sucks you in a bit. And I don't know. I just thought it was. I thought they did a really good on this one. Totally redeemed themselves, and just makes for a great track when you mix that. If you mix that song with some ones we're going to talk about, I think all together, it's like a nice, nice transitions. Yeah. No. 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 I, uh, I. Again, I for me, it's always. I can never strike because I love that visual of her kind of doing a shimmy shoulder shake. I, I mean, I'm a sucker for a shimmy shoulder shake. Uh, so when they <laughs> You are obsessed with this part of the, the I, I am super excited because I remember that part. Because it's just like, are you ready? Shimmy mm-hmm. shake. Are you ready? Now, that could have made the song better. I don't know why you say shimmy shake and not just say Sean. <laughs> Sean Petcher shake. <laughs> shimmy shake. So, yeah, just... The other part, and we referenced this earlier in the um, the podcast, is just the fact that ultimately, the the rapping they try to replicate that in um, the second movie uh, with a song called "No on 15, which "15" was a proposition banning. Were they just banning the nerds in that? I can't remember what it was. It's was like we're banning nerds, and then the nerds did a concert and they rapped about "No on 15. and this time they really went full on rap. Um, just we're here to just give it a little bit of a plug. Not part of this soundtrack, not really part of this movie, but just Google No on 15, listen to it. And I don't know what anything you want to say about it, Mikey. Uh, no, I think maybe eventually we could have some short recordings and maybe take some one off songs. And this would be a great candidate to kind of break into it a little bit. But it also, even though I think Revenge of the Nerds 2 missed the mark just a little bit, even though I know you said you didn't think so. Though I think you might have been being a little tongue-in-cheek on that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I might have been a little Vader and Bush on that one, yes. 
I think the No on 15 song was, oh man, I guess it's probably, it's not as good as the first Revenge of the Nerd song, but it's not far away from it. No. It's, it's not. pretty good. Um, and then they're, they're, yeah, then I'll have no, so Lamar really is the, still the lead rapper on that. Uh, the man on the mic that they call Lamar because he's got a couple of things that he'd like to say about. But then when... Uh, it's a the, new nerd character. Yeah, nerd Lipsy. Lipsy? Was that his name? The mighty yeah. Lipsy. We might have to look up a few things yeah. on that. Du, 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 du. So, yeah. But it's probably the least creative thing. I mean, most copied thing in a movie that I like the most. Like most times when a movie copies itself, I just hate it for some reason. This time they they up their game in it. The songs they, like yeah. endearing for some reason, and I don't know why. Because usually I don't like. Uh, I think it's because they sample their own nerd laugh in it. If you recall, <laughs> like he's sampling his own nerdy <laughs> laugh. <laughs> was that Eddie Murphy or was that a nerd? <laughs> it was Robert Carradine. Mixed a with Eddie teaser. Murphy. Yeah. Oh. It's a teaser for the next one. Teasy okay. wheezy. I'm ready. I'm ready for the sex girls. I don't know. There's not a lot to say about it. It's pretty much perfection. That's why we ended up naming the podcast <laughs> right now. This this name. It emulates the movie so well. It emulates 80s, the 80s so well. Because the thing is, the best part You're is... not ready for the sex. <laughs> the best. Is that what you're gonna the thing was, I was going to say is this. The most ironic part of the entire fact that this is the song on the movie soundtrack is if the nerds would have just said, are you ready for the sex girls, then it would have been okay what they did. They did not say that. They just went straight for the bad things. They should have said, are you ready for the sex girls to the girls? And they, they, could, have, they, they could have responded yes or no to their, to their bushes being in pies or being recorded or getting raped on a moon planet bouncy house any of those things are you ready for the sex girls yes cool now i go down on you as darth vader but they didn't do that they didn't say maybe that. maybe they played the song oh. that asking for consent yes. that's and that it, all it takes was it's, it's almost like a general waiver it's almost like yes. a general waiver for uh for anything that, that's about to come you right. play so next time we're at a party, judge, just, judge, listen to the, listen, I just, judge. I just, hear? we just played by gleaming spires. <laughs> are you ready for the sex girls? They knew what was coming. We said, are you ready? For the, we knew they. We told them sex was coming. They knew our gleaming spire was coming. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is going down the wrong path. Yeah, okay. So sorry. sorry, we'll bring it back. But just saying, ultimately. 
Uh, yeah, I there's not. I, I agree with you. There's not a lot to say about "Are You Ready for the Savage Girls?" Except for that, maybe we should spend more time listening to Gleaming Spires and digging into what else they got. Yeah, what? what? Which is a good segue to the next song, I think. Yeah. Unknowingly, that song was my wife and I's song for our wedding, our dance song. Yeah, what? Yeah. Uh, funny, funny enough, um, my uh, wedding song was uh, "Are You Ready for the Sex Girls?" Well, that was mine too. It was like a what you combo. Yeah, with Takashi's celebration Dude. song. And then I just went and I got Takashi beating <laughs> on his drum. The boys in the move are clapping along. Well, you know how everyone does those dance medleys now at your wedding. Mm-hmm. They're That's so, I mean, they're have. so very popular. Yeah, you can have so many songs. Yeah, do all different dances. Yeah, too. we did a bunch of choreographed things. But the best part was, was because I played. Are you ready for the sex girls? It was just all. It was just a, It was all clear for everybody all night at the at the reception. Just, are you ready for the sex girls plays? Uh, orgy time. That opens it up for all the wedding patrons. Yeah, just anybody and everyone and anything. Right time for love, obviously ironic. A little bit, because that because is that's... what we've been referring to this entire time. We didn't even want to talk about it anymore. But... but it was the song from the moon scene. When they go on the moon. So, again, there might be people who, I think we're getting some pretty deep cuts, but at the end of the movie, after the carnival is over... Um, or, or actually right before the carnival is over there in there's like a fun house the carnival rides and all these things so this is before they perform again this is why this this contract is interesting sort of the songs aren't being in the sequential order of how the movie is being played which some you'll see more of that i think there's a lot of other contracts that, that we have or we've looked at that that are like that this one is not like that so this is going before they're they're performing or winning or doing any of those things and um, one of the nerds, the Robert Carradine character there, I think takes his, takes the mask of the other boyfriend, leads the into like a fun house, pretending to be her boyfriend, uh, and then uh, subsequently goes down on her uh, with her thinking she's uh, being serviced by the, by the jock, and Right Time for Love is playing in the background. <laughs> And we yeah. obviously write in there, it says it's a right time for love and a wrong time for love. And I think and, it was right, it was wrong. And let's be honest, we've been being hard on, on the nerds for, for this, but at the same time, he does come up afterwards, takes off his Mac, she's a little shocked, and then it's kind of like, well, 
let's just go with it. So, I guess there is consent there eventually. That doesn't always work. (laughs) 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 So So, just everybody knows. Don't try that one at home. All yeah, right? don't That's try just, that at home. Let's just, just start with idea. the... Again. What was he dressed up as that was uh, Like a count or a magician or something. So it looked okay, enough yeah, like a Darth Vader with what he had on already that he could then just put on the mask. Um, and so just, you know what, guys? Go with, instead of going with the wrong time for love, with all everybody out there in Project Land, we always want to aim for the right time for love. What's the right time for love? Let's just be let's be honest with each other and just constantly have. Are you ready for the sex drones blaring out of your iPhone in your pocket? That way, everybody just knows what you're about, and they're either saying saying yes or no to. Are you ready for the sex drones? That is that song is pretty good though. Um, good slow song, decent. It vocal. does, yeah. It's a cool down, right? More, it's decent more like the cool down. Yeah, yeah. I like the. I don't know what instrument that is, or probably just a synthesizer, but. The trilling, like high to low trilling. Mm-hmm. It's a, yeah, of, it's almost yeah, it's kind of like Pat and Joe Michaels are just sort of massaging the back of your head, right? And just sort of saying, it's the right time for love, no matter what else is happening. It's like one of those wind chimes, but one that's not annoying as fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's ringing at the correct time. Right. The times that you want, not the times. Which I guess I've never house. really heard one that isn't, but <laughs> if there was one that existed, it would be. It would be crafted song. by Pat Robinson and Joe Michael. And like those two guys are massaging and that wind chime down to your head. What if it's a wind chime? Since they're in the Southwest in Arizona, it's really just a wind chime. That's also kind of a dream. It's like a dream catcher wind chime, sort of like Ooh, that'd be really double nice. kind of thing. It's also, yeah, so they go down, the, they're the, massaging the wind chime through the dream catcher down onto your head, and then one of those it's just like a, yeah. things rolls by. And it's like a back scratcher, like on it. So there's like a back scratcher, like little thing that's on there that's just kind of scratching your back, and that thing's just sort of hitting the back of your head. I don't know if it felt back scratching in that one, but just more like, massaging. So, well, then, it, all right, that's fine. Then a roll, it's like rollers, like little rollers. Somehow, somebody... I was saying that you got to be three three pieces, right? It's also it's the dream catcher, wind chimey, and then there's the the practical piece of doing the massaging or scratching or whatever you're feeling at the time. Why are there um, so many first names in this artist? That's kind of a weird. Pat, Rob, Jill, Mike. Pat, Rob, Jill. I mean, we I call them. Maybe that's part of the the trance. Yeah, it's Pat. Like, Ooh, it's two people. It's I four. It's, it's four. Three. It's three. It's Pat. There's eight it's hands massaging you. Yeah, and as all about all those all those things that come in, they're all massaging you. You just can sit back and just kind of slowly eat sort of like a custard um, foam pie, and then at the end of that, look down at that tin and uh, see a delicious uh, pie bush. <laughs> I was thinking just the crust. <laughs> Because I think we've talked about the pies a thousand times. By the way, I thought we were going to go to potentially the next song. Oh, is it? Is it Gleaming Spires again? 
now? It is. It is. There's there. So again, what? Running it up here, right? You really have two Rabinos, uh, two Yayas, and then two Gleaning Spires, and uh, we'll, we'll finish it off because this is. It's been this, and this is what it is. Ali Yaya. Do you know what that is? Ali Yaya. Mm-mm. Well, I think it's supposed to be Polish for crazy. But I'm not sure. <laughs> it's just what some friends told me. Yeah, so, the, but anyway, earlier I meant when I said, hey, when I segwaying the last one, I thought we were going to this song because it was going to be back-to-back Gleaning Spires. But let's listen to it now. Sound good? <laughs> You know, we gave those nerds a hard time in this uh, in this podcast, um, but uh, they can they can throw a party. That's all I can say. And if they can throw an all night party, and um, it, it does feel like that the windchime uh, dream catcher massager just kind of comes around to the front of your face at the beginning of that song, and I don't know, just it turns into. Uh, like your floating essence that brings you onto the future. Like it, it turns into like that moldy, um, like it's in like Donnie Darko or Terminator 2, you know, the kind of um, silvery uh, Play-Doh-y stuff. In, and it turns that in front of your face and then just like moves you out and you follow it into, I don't know, just whatever your future is going to be. That's what that song feels like to me. Aside from Takashi's celebration song, this song for me is the Revenge of the Nerds theme song, not the Rubinos. The Rubinos? We just talked about the Rubinos being screwed. You just screwed them over for a third time. Well, you know, I don't... Obviously, it's like they... Rubinos, even though they got screwed, I, I mean, they were trying to be too direct, even though they got screwed. And the Gleaming Spires came in and just swooped the best song of the soundtrack and they and just... the essence of the movie right out from under them. Not to mention it's in a great scene where they're actually, nerds are actually being cool nerds, if yeah. that makes sense. <laughs> um, when they're partying and partying what? all night. Cool nerds! And you're starting to... I know, that sounds weird. Can you believe it, guys? It's 2018. Ogre, Have you ever heard no. of cool nerds before? We didn't, we didn't even touch on ogre in it. Ogre, no believe. Cool nerds. Oh, nice sounding like, You're sounding like Yoda. What is he talking like? But in this party scene, I mean, the song is amazing. It's got a mix of, like, elements of the Revenge of the Nerds with the, like, Bit bot, the bit bot sounds yeah. right like in there, but then whoever picked the tempo for the song, I would never have picked that tempo right. I think you would have tried to make that song a little bit slower, a little bit faster, but it's like 
It's right, right. in the middle. It's right it's, where your heart beats, yeah. wants to be, isn't quite. And then your heart's like, I want to come down to the level of all night party. And it just is like, <sighs> when this song comes on, it just, you start to feel like you said, like you said, but also, you know, you're going to get to the depth of the nerds you wanted in the movie, but yeah. you're going to get to it now. You're going to get to the depth of Poindexter with mm-hmm. getting a boner with his dance moves. Um, just all every- the, all the heights, all the, pl- the part, the nerds just what all you are, you're a nerd walking around with giant crates and the boxes keep yeah. falling off, but you're just trying to get to your dorm room. You're a little bit of the nerds being themselves. Yeah. Which isn't in Owing. a lot of movie because they're always trying to impress people. And that's kind of what he says at the end too, you know, is, Hey, you know, we got to get real with ourselves. We're always trying to impress. We always get put down kicked out shut out but who's been a nerd everyone's been a nerd the gleaming spires were nerds you know what that helped them do it helped them make the best fucking end of a soundtrack ever or at least 1984 that's what that's what being a nerd did and now this one song's ironic in a good way because you could really put this on for a party all night and play it all night and and not have any no one no one is gonna have who you, no one, literally no person. And, and it could be all the types. The jocks, the coolies, the, the stone bones. The goths? The goths. The gleaming. The gleaming what? There weren't any other people in the 80s. The gleaming spires. Where were, what were they? The rubinos. Oh, they were punk, right? Punk they were started. punks. Whoever. The nanas. Any of these, all of the different groups, they could all just sit around and listen to. I all think they really parties. only showed like the jocks, the nerds in this movie, and then like the, the band, band, band people. Yeah, they were like no, band people. Were, oh yeah, band, and then like semi-athletic jocks or something. Yeah. They're like not as good as the jocks at sports, but they still did sports. Yeah, so it's like the other jocks, nerds, guys, people, other like nerds that they play instruments, and that's it. I wouldn't say other jocks. It's like step-down jocks. Like T- B-team jocks. Yeah, B-team jocks. There we go. Okay. So that was... So anyway, all of them, all of those groups, and then all of the other groups that we haven't seen. You can put, you, you can put this on at a party. No one is going to be upset. You, again, I think... How, what's our record for listening to this song, Mikey? 12 hours straight? I can't even remember now, where we just kept putting it on over and over. <laughs> Two days. When we when we were in Memphis, you could party all night. So yeah. probably all night. Yeah. Whatever all night is, two nights in a row. We'd look up at the at Rayford's at the DJ and just go, "Hey, all night party, all night party." And Actually, he... you don't have to say that. You just swirled your finger. Remember, <laughs> you raised your forty. You raised the forty and swirled your finger. Can I just tell you party. something right now? I don't know how you saw. I wasn't even. I was literally. I'm in my kitchen. We are not together. I'm doing. I'm. I did just do that. I did. As you, before you said it, <laughs> freaking me out a little bit. I literally did the roll my finger, spin it one more time because it's an all night party. So that's, I mean, I hope uh, what I would say, I don't know, I guess we'll, we can kind of try to wrap up here. But to me, uh, you know, what, what, what Mikey had said in the beginning is true. It's a, it's a, it's a soundtrack that you start out in the beginning going, again, were all those hits from the movie or something along those lines? But as it goes through, right, you get kind of get kicked in the nuts by Yaya. It wears you down. Yeah. It wears you down. It hits you with some not the best tracks, but they 
are breaking you down type tracks. Yeah. To You're like, Manhattan, oh, don't talk, ouch. And then one yeah. foot in front of the other. Then it, break down. It's a great. Revenge of the nerds. They're so incredible. Proper transition. Then you get to the good stuff. And even the bad stuff has mixes of the good. So it's yeah. hard to resist. And then you're pretty much watching all night party like six nights in a row. Yeah. <laughs> uh, watching <laughs> girls in their sorority naked yeah. eating Cheerios. Eating Cheerios. Just eating some Cheerios. Having a robot bring you a Coke. And that's all you really want in life is to to uh, is to is to look at we can't, look at girls. I know you want to end this, but we can't end it yet because how many times did I mention a song that we have to? Have this is this to? is true. You really So somebody, the... someone's got to have. So if, if anybody, any of our listeners, uh, uh, are Japanese or no Japanese, we'd love to know what the interpretation. I'm sure you can Google it. I don't want to Google it. I want to know. I want somebody else to tell us what it is uh, that they're singing. And and this is what is this called when you look it up? Uh, Especially talk- since I have a giant tattoo of the symbols across my whole body, <laughs> it'd be good to figure out what the what heck the, what it is. It means. But what is the name of the song? Is it just Takashi's song? Is that what it? I don't know. It's, I can't. We will have to look it up, and maybe the next. Yeah. So if anybody knows, but that episode, we've always said that the unofficial eleventh song of the soundtrack that you could end after you listen to All Night Party for twelve hours straight is just ended on Takashi's song when he is uh, in the tricycle beer race. Uh, He's wearing the Bruce Lee Game of what, Death. Uh, Game of Death. Uh, it's a yellow outfit. Yellow it's basically outfit. the same. I don't know if they did that on purpose, but it looks like it. I I would say that it's they got did. A yellow helmet. Again, and R O T M U. All right. And, and guess what happens? It, live it and love it. And guess who's who? Guess what happens in that part? I mean, mm. our man Poindexter again. Mm-hmm. What does he do? He comes up with. A great chemistry or a great chemist uh, pill that allows Takashi to drink as many beers as possible in order to win the race. He sticks the pill in his eyeball. Yeah, <laughs> to give it to him. <laughs> <laughs> the next level. That's classic. But, point, t- Dexter, but right say there. what it is. You know, he me- is not just a violinist. <laughs> He's not just a violinist. This guy. To me, I always oh, thought no. of Takashi's song. As somewhat like if you played that uh, against the Ewok song, like back to back, as like this kind of like champion song. Yeah, that's good. But, I've listened to the song so much so it would get in my head and be the song that pops in my head whenever I win something. Yeah. And it's 
that's been really nice. It's just anytime you win, I don't even care if you win, whatever. Finish something, finish a goal, uh, get second, third, whatever. This comes in your head. It's I don't want to mispronounce what he's saying in, in Japanese, but this is, that's, that's kind true. of the melody. I would love to know what he's saying. We've never known for 30 years. So of course, they, like you said, they technically cheat again. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Or I don't know. I guess I don't know if there's hard rules about these competitions in the there's, fraternity showdown at in, Adams College. You know what? But... And now that makes sense because he's wearing the Bruce Lee, right? Uh, that which also is worn by Uma Thurman and Kill Bill, right? There are no rules in the game of revenge. You do what this you need to do. This is going to pop in. Somehow this is going to pop back in Revenge of the Nerds 5 when they yeah. bring that out. It's going to be Thanos, Uma Thurman. Now, now you're entering the, the uh, Quentin Tarantino universe. There's just a lot, all right? There's so much to unpack. And what brings it all home, as we talked about earlier, is just the fact that the soundtrack. The soundtrack leads you down all these paths. So to, to, uh, to wrap up uh, Revenge of the Nerds' is life, Revenge of the Nerds soundtrack is the afterlife, be part of the afterlife. I don't know. Yeah, if you haven't listened to Revenge of the Nerds soundtrack, check it out. Um, we, do, we, we don't get any money for you checking it out. Other no. Other than the satisfaction of knowing other people uh, appreciate best, it. It's best on vinyl in our opinion, but that's being like music nerds. Yeah, but go find it. I think it's now, again, we started doing trying to find this stuff that didn't exist as much. Now it seems to exist a little bit more. People are reprinting it. So now you can get it a little bit cheaper than it used to be. Watch the movie, listen to the album, and look for our next uh, podcast we'll have out sometime soon. And uh, you heard the hint earlier about that one. Uh, Similar laughs to the nerd laughs. So all we're going to say is... Wait, that was uh, the moose from... Yeah, that from National Lampoon's. National Lampoon's. So now we've got that one tied in as well. In uh, the future, we'll have a few guests, too. We'll do some... We'll have some random, guests. We'll do some random tracks, not just always tied to a whole movie, because there's quite a few random tracks that aren't part of really a good whole soundtrack, but are still mm-hmm. some of our favorite songs. So we'll weave those in, and uh, it should be a pretty good time. So anyway... Uh, this has been, uh, at least for right now, are you ready for the sex girls? That uh, might change. <laughs> that may change. If they are Probably. ready for it, we might change the title eventually. To, uh, to be determined. To, to Property the, Brothers. <laughs> to, the, to the Property Brothers. To uh, the Matthew McConaughey's. Uh, I don't know. Which, some, we'll think of something good. All right. But thanks, everybody. For listening. So, as we say at the end of every podcast, we don't die, we multiply. Baby. Baby, kids.
to everybody, and everybody clap your hand. We lambda, 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 and Omega Moon. And we come here on stage tonight to do our show for you. We got a rock and rhythm and a high-tech sound that'll make you move your body down to the ground. We got Poindexter on the violin, and Lewis and Gilbert will be joining in. We 